This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, everyone. Here's what's happening at Write From The Deep. First, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, you help make this show possible, and we appreciate you. If you want to find out more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash writefromthedeep. And here's some exciting news. We have openings for our patron sponsor of the month. You'll get to advertise your books or services or website or whatever. You get a banner and link on the website and in the show notes and an announcement here in the show. Yes, we say your name and tell people <laughs> what you're writing. Find more information at patreon.com forward slash right from the deep. And I am honored and very excited to be teaching at PenCon this year. PenCon is an interactive virtual conference for editors and proofreaders, and it's going to be May 3rd through 5th this year. And it's a three-day event, and it features live chat and Q&A in every session and one-on-one -on -one appointments with faculty and daily Zoom fellowship times. And you can visit penconeditors.com for more information. That's P-E-N-C-O-N-editors.com. And I'm going to be teaching two sessions. One's going to be staying focused on the big picture edit, and the other is going to be how to nurture hope. And I get to do the wonder this week. Yay! <laughs> I am sitting here in my freshly painted office. And you guys, I got to tell you, this office had little marks like all over it. The color was not conducive to peace. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were scraping popcorn off the ceilings, we did a lot of accidental damage. And so I had all this, you know, drywall mud all over the place. And it was just, it was just messy. It was just, but I got used to it. I didn't realize how used to the mess that I was until I finally had time to paint it. And I look around now and it's it's so peaceful and new. It feels so new. And I can't believe that a coat of paint over all this stuff, it hid everything. It's like <laughs> gone. It's erased. And I have to say that it got me thinking about how God makes things new like us, when we become Christians. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And I am just so thankful that God does that with us and with my office. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wonder to me. And now, here's the, the show. show. Welcome, listeners, into the deep with us. We're excited to have you, and we have a guest. We're continuing our interview with Lori Ann Wood, and we're talking about life's unexpected detours and the deep questions that we have for God, and we're going to jump right in. And I think these are the questions that maybe they nag at everybody all the time. But when you get put on a detour, when you get shoved off on this road, you don't want to be on, that's kind of rough and out of the way and you didn't like it, you didn't choose it. 
that's when those questions demand to be paid attention to. And so that's how they came about. And the questions were all derived from those temptations that Jesus faced in the desert. Right. Okay. I like your first question is a question of worry, you call it, is this life all there is? How how do you think that worked in your life? How did you answer that for yourself? And how did that apply to your writing journey? Yes, I think if I were to look at all the questions as a whole, that's true for all of them, is that at some point I realized I didn't necessarily want to know what the answer was, hmm. but I wanted permission to ask the question. And I felt like I was at a point in my faith where I was almost embarrassed to be asking some really basic questions like that, but I needed permission to ask them. And, you know, I think about Job in the Bible and he, he didn't, I don't know that he necessarily wanted the answers, but he needed to ask the questions. And, and that's what I'm trying to pull up in the book is just, you know, going deep and ask the questions because when you're asking the questions, you're still communing with God. You're still conversing with him. And I think that was always meant to be the idea. But that that first group of questions that you were talking about, the worry, the question of worry, is this life all there is? I looked at issues like loss and uncertainty and fear and regret because we can get to a place when we're on this detour where we don't know, should I be just focused on my physical self? Should I be focused on, in the writing terms, building my platform? And should that be, should that consume all of my day? Should I just be looking at the temporal part of whatever it is we're doing? Hmm. I explored that from different ways, but in terms of writing, I had to really look at the value that I was putting out there in terms of what was valuable in this life and what would be valuable to people on the other side. And so that question of worry, is this life all there is, I had to struggle with and and, and really come back and answer it over and over again. Right, right. I love the second question, too, the question of doubt. Is God always good? I think that's an easy one for writers to struggle with in terms of, you know, when bad things happen. And I can imagine you is sitting there dealing with heart failure, wondering, you know, is God really always good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, I think, is a just really one of the top, you know, I think if you Googled the top questions of faith is probably going to be at the top of every list. But if, is God always good? You know, we're asking, I'm, I was following God. We were, he had followed, you know, he had been walking lockstep with me. I thought we were on the same page. And now I find myself on this detour and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know if God's left the scene. I don't know if he has all of a sudden gone deaf to my prayers, if I'm doing something wrong. And so we start to question if our current pain or our current position somehow indicates God's level of care for us, because mm. it doesn't feel like love sometimes. And and just as human beings, we're like, wait, this doesn't quite feel right. So we struggle with that. Is God always good? And, you know, I, 
I looked at in the book, I looked at things like protection and resilience and vulnerability and idols and wondering how that plays into our faith and how we move that forward. In terms of writing, one of the things I was doing early on, and I didn't realize it at the time because in my heart failure journey, I, I was, my heart function was really low. And then 16 months in, my heart jumped up to almost normal. Wow. And it surprised everybody almost as much as the initial diagnosis, but it wasn't permanent. Because what happens when you're on in heart failure is you're on this downward line graph. And when you're on that downward graph, you can have some spikes up, but the general direction is still down. And I was experiencing one of those spikes, but I thought that was the end of my story. <laughs> and I, I thought, okay, beginning, end, I get it. And then about three years ago, my heart function dropped quite a bit. And I was in active heart failure again. And so I, at that point, wanted to honestly protect God a little bit. I wasn't sure what to write because I had been writing about answered prayer and healing. And, and then I thought, wow, how do I do this now? How do I reconcile what's going on with my writing? Because I don't know how this is going to end. And that was a hard one. So in, in that question of doubt as a writer, I had to really look at how do I move forward? And and that's when these questions really came into focus for me, because the only way to move forward is to be honest and say, I don't know how it's going to end. And but also to know at some point that God is always going to be good and it doesn't have anything to do with how much our life matches what we had imagined our life would look like. I think that that's an important aspect of this, what you're talking about with what we imagine life would be. I never imagined that at 65, I'd be pretty much incapacitated by diabetes, that I'd be incapacitated by interstitial lung disease, which is ultimately what will kill me. It, it never occurred to me in those early years and in my faith with God that that these things were where I was, where my journey would take me. But the cool thing is when you stop and, and balance your expectations with God's character, we, we miss God's character when we're so focused on our expectations. And I'm not saying don't ask the question. I'm not saying, you know, don't struggle with a question. I, I understand. Personally, I didn't struggle with it because I had come to a place long before where whether I live, I am the Lord's, or whether I die, I am the Lord's. Whether I live, therefore, or die, I am the Lord's. And there was such a confidence in that. But I'm a very simplistic believer. I take God at his word in a simplistic way. People who struggle and come in and need to know the theology and all those kinds of things, I admire that. Um, I don't want that. I like being able to just say, okay, Lord, I, I received that, and, and I'm walking in that, and I'm in prayer all the time, converse, conversing with him all the time, which doesn't mean I'm any better than anybody else. That's just my path. And there have been times when I've struggled in my marriage. I couldn't figure out why I married the man I did when, when there were so many issues, so many problems, why we never had kids. There were struggles. But in the midst of all that, God led me, and he He will lead each of us to, to look then and, and say, 
okay, here are my expectations of what my life was going to be. Don and I um, were in counseling for 20 years, and about halfway through, we decided our mantra was, God is in control. I don't like it. I I don't want to be on this path, but he's in control, and I trust that. The other thing that we always used to say is, this is not the cruise I signed on for, (laughs) you know, which I I fully expected to have children and grandchildren and all those things, and, and that didn't happen because of Don's childhood and the abuse he suffered. But I don't think that that was God not being good or kind. I think that I had a really honest, blunt friend who told me one day when when I was talking with him and bemoaning the fact that I'd lost so much by marrying Don, he looked at me and he said, what if you marrying Don isn't about you? What if it's about Don? And what if God has given you this wounded, um, devastated heart to present whole to him as best you can by mm. loving him. And my initial godly response was, so not even my pain is about me? Really? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's so true. Yes. I can relate to what you said because my husband is, faith has always come really easy for him. And he, everything is just he's complete truster. When I was first in the hospital, he came, he went, he's a runner and he finally went for his run after I'd been in the hospital for a week and he came back in and he said, felt so good. I finally, you know, talked to God again. And I realized that even if you don't get better, everything's going to, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I respect it very well. <laughs> he's a really empathetic, sensitive isn't he? <laughs> but he was there, and I got there eventually, but he was usually way ahead of me. My dad and I, who he passed away in 2020, he had lung cancer. We just, we come to faith by this questioning. And by questioning, we may not get the answer, but we are grabbing out for God's hand and pulling him in yes, all the time. Yes, right. And so I think people do that in different ways, but that's the beauty of it is yeah. we don't, yeah, have to be the same. And Karen, you touched a little bit on what's going on with Lori Ann's third question here, the question of control. Is God's plan enough? And again, I especially love this for writers because we have our own expectations of what our writing is going to do for the world and accomplish. (laughs) And, you know, is God's plan enough? What if it's not the same? So how did you deal with that question or come about that? Yes, that question of control is hard. And maybe it's harder for people like me that think question all the time, <laughs> because I like to know, you know, I like to know what's ahead. I like to know what the plan is. And uh, this writing thing, it's... <laughs> It's not the planners, is it? Yeah, if you go into it thinking you will have any control whatsoever, you are deceived. <laughs> right. I know I my book is launching this week, and the most helpless thing is, like, wanting people to review the book and just sitting there and watching. Are they going to review it? Will they ever review it? Because <laughs> there's not one thing you can do about it. You can't buy it. You can't do it yourself. You're just, you know, and I... I had to really struggle with how to even present the book because I wanted it to be not really about my medical events, which those are woven into it. But I wanted it to be for other people who were on a detour who had who needed to ask the question. And so 
that was something that at some point in my life, and I think it was at a writer's conference when I got some feedback and realized, I don't think I can just write a straight memoir. I don't think that's going to resonate. It's not going to get out enough to people and do what God wants it to do in that form. And so I had to kind of go back to the drawing board. And that's when those sticky notes started moving around. Hmm. You know, it's it's really great because you can take each of these questions and you can do big picture about life. But then as writers, we can take them and utilize each one of them for our writing. Is is this all there is in my writing? Question of worry. What if my book doesn't sell the way I want it to? What if I don't reach many people? What if, what if, what if? The question of doubt. Is God always good to me as a writer? If I'm not getting contracts, then then God's not being good. Again, you're you're contrasting your expectations with his character. And then the question of control. Is God's plan for my writing enough? What if what if only one and we've said this before, what if only one person reads it and that person's life has changed? Is that good enough for you? If that's God's intent for you as a writer. Right. Mm. You know, I think too that that last question about God's plan being enough, that speaks to people who may be having regrets about yes. this, that, or the other thing. You know, I have a friend who's struggling with their career. You know, they've been in their career for over 20 years, and they feel disillusioned, even bitter, even upset, even filled with regret of wasting their life. And I just want to say, but but what if that was God's plan? Is God's plan enough? And it's, it's a very difficult thing to dig our way out of when we have those types of regret. But that's where we go back to, well, was it the detour? Was it the plan? You know, yes. what was happening there? So Yes. And I think we sort of get our mind twisted around because we're so driven now by numbers. How many followers do I have? How many people are on my email list? And that seems like that's where our worth is. But, you know, I can know from just getting one email or one response or one comment from somebody that was really struggling with something, those little glimpses where you're like, if that's all I ever get, that's going to be enough. And we see that from time to time and get these little flickers. But it's, it's so easy to just get caught in, you know, how many reviews am I getting? How many, how many copies am I going to sell? How many people are on my email list? And we don't know what, you know, I've, I've learned, and it was a hard lesson, but I've learned that my plan has never been anywhere close to as good as God's plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> it is fair. It is fair. And it's necessary because, I mean, we did a whole podcast on understanding that success is measured by obedience, not by numbers, not by sales numbers, not by reviews, not by any of that. Our success as children of God who've been given the task to write is measured by our obedience. Have I been obedient? That's the only thing that we have any control over is whether or not we're being obedient to that task. God has everything else in hand. So, you know, all these questions that you've been asking and what you've shared with us, it's it's all so important for each of us to take the time and in, in to take the courage, because it does take courage, to ask those hard questions, 
to dig deeper into ourselves. If if you're feeling, as you listen to this podcast, if you're struggling with a sense of disillusionment, with a with a thought of something that you have on your website, Lorianne, which I really like, why trust a God who disappoints? Mm-hmm. And then you have to go back when you're facing that question and ask yourself, but did God disappoint? Or were your expectations other than what God wanted you to do? You know, it's it always comes back to when we start to doubt God, we've got to make those hard studies and to come to a point where we recognize that God is God and we are his creation. And you have to keep that in mind because he is using each one of us to save others. What more can we want than that? And asking these questions and digging deep into, is that all there is? Is God always good? Is God's plan enough? Friends out there, I encourage you, dig into those. Check out Ann's book, check out her story, and then consider your own journey, your life journey, your writing journey, and consider who gave you the task that you have, and who is he? Is God who he says he is? And for me, that answer is quite clearly, he absolutely is, and he will do what he will do. So ask yourself, what is my answer to that? Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Thank you.